the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. KSLR is proud to feature our Church of the Week. Our desire is that you will get to know the pastors and churches in our community and find a church you and your family can call home. Here's the host of our Church of the Week program, Baron Wiley. And thank you and welcome to KSLR's Church of the Week program, where every week this is what we like to do. We like to remind you that in 1 Timothy 5.17 it says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. My name is Baron Wiley, and this week it's my honor to have here in our KSLR studios the pastor who, well, does double labor in teaching in English and Spanish and doing it well deep in the heart of the West Side at Divine Redeemer Presbyterian Church. It's Pastor Rob Mueller. Pastor Rob. Thank, hey. you. Thank you for being here, Sarah. It's great Welcome to be KSLR. here, Baron. Thanks. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now, listen, before we get into some very exciting news uh, happening at Divine Redeemer Presbyterian there, uh, let's just let's put it on the map for us. Where exactly deep in the west side are you guys? Divine Redeemer is located at the corner of uh, Calaveras and Salinas Streets, which is uh, kind of near uh, Commerce and Zarsamora. If you take Commerce Street just west of downtown, past the jail, over the railroad tracks, and you come down about another mile, we're just a few blocks north of that. So, And I just heard the way you said Calaveras. Yeah. You kind of said it with the accent. That's, that's the way you have to say it, that's right? That's the way you say it over you don't there. Say, you don't go, it's not but Calaveras you go, Lake. No, you go fishing at Calaveras. Yeah, no, you but don't. But the church is located. Calaveras Lake. That's right. <laughs> now, I'm going to go ahead and say this up front. Mueller yeah. is not a uh, Spanish name. No, it's German. It's very German, actually. Yes, my, it is. Uh, my great-grandpa came over from Germany. Uh, my family hails from St. Louis. Great little story here. We, yeah. uh, we moved to Tucson, Arizona. I, was, uh, I thought I was going to be a doctor most of my young life. I loved science and math. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I was 16, uh, I was uh, at my friend's church and waiting for him to get out so we could go do things we shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> and, uh, and I happened to be paying attention to the pastor, and he invited folks to uh, seek a peace that they had not had before. And my heart broke open, and I turned my life over to God, and I invited God to take my future and yeah. lead it where it needed to go. And from that point on, instead of medicine, I was headed into ministry. And wow. and yet it was uh, one of the things I did while I thought I was going to be a doctor. I went down to Nicaragua for a summer. Nicaragua. Nicaragua, yeah, Nicaragua of course. Nicaragua for a summer to, uh, <laughs> to give vaccinations uh, in a small jungle village. Uh, and I was one of three guys on the team and I was the only one who spoke any decent Spanish. And so I ended up being the communicator for our group during that summer. And that really laid a foundation in Spanish for me that I never forgot. And uh, God just continued building on it uh, as we went along. So, well, that's, and again, I say you do it well. You do two services on Sunday mornings. You start off at nine thirty with the service in Espanol. Todo Espanol. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, and then the bilingual service starts at, at eleven o'clock. So you still mix in a little Tex-Mex in yeah, there. Yeah, it's a little Tex-Mexy. Most yeah. the, the the sermon is mostly uh, pretty much exclusively English, but our prayers and our hymns are usually a little bit English, a little bit of Spanish. So uh, it's an outreach for folks who want to grow their Spanish language capacity. Yeah. You can come. The bulletin that we have is uh, printed in both languages, so you can read it in Spanish. And then, if you don't understand what you've just said, you can uh, look at the English translation. Right. How's your German? 
My German is uh, not so good. Eins, zwei, drei, Gesundheit. That's about all I speak in German, yeah. <laughs> Adios. As you'd say. Yeah. Well, hey, though, um, happy anniversary. Yeah. 100 years. Yeah. Not your 100th anniversary no, of the no, church. No, no, the church but just Divine turned Redeemer. 100. This past December, we turned 100 years old. And uh, it was a wonderful, it's been a wonderful year of celebration. We just culminated this year with the publishing of a little history uh, about our church called A Century of Service. Yeah. And it kind of details from the origins of our congregation, which began in, uh, in 1915 uh, along the railroad tracks on Austin Street on the east side of San yeah. Antonio, where uh, the pa- a pastor who had been a missionary in Mexico was recalled because of the, me- the violence of the Mexican Revolution. And, uh, and that pastor uh, came back to San Antonio and discovered many, many, many other Mexican refugees hmm. who were being unloaded right there at the train right station. Right at the train station, wow. And so he started a ministry in a pretty dilapidated building down there uh, and on Austin Street, which no longer exists. Yeah. Uh, and then from there, uh, they moved uh, into the sector of the city where we now are, not the current location, but another, uh, another about three blocks from mm-hmm. where we are right now. And at that location, they were joined on that same block by another ministry that the Presbyterian Church had started called the House of Neighborly Service. It's actually called the Home of Neighborly Service, which mm-hmm. was a, an outreach to um, the indigent families of that community and the refugee families of that community back at that period of time, because a lot of them were beginning to settle into that part of San Antonio. And then in 1929, we moved to the location where we are, and actually the building we're still in, which is uh, falling apart right now. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, at least parts of it are. We have electrical system that needs a lot of uh, upgrading <laughs> and a roof that could use a little bit of leak repair. But uh, but we have a we have a vital ministry there, a ministry in a building that's been pretty much in constant use seven days a week since 1929. And mm-hmm. you can imagine it's uh, it's taken quite a beating, but uh, there are probably a lot of listeners out here who who know of the House of Neighborly Service. Uh, oh yeah, it's been a ministry that touched hundreds, thousands of lives uh, over those years. Uh, people who who needed help and needed support and got it. Yeah. Do you know anything about the the pastors before you then too? Who might I know a number of them. The uh, the golden age pastor for Divine Redeemer was uh, Robert Brown. Uh, he himself was the son of missionaries in Mexico. Mm-hmm. Came back to San Antonio and served at Divine Redeemer for thirty one years. Mm-hmm. Uh, a beloved pastor. Uh, another gringo like me who speaks Spanish, uh, <laughs> but uh, but Robert and his wife Agnes and I, they had six children that they raised in a three bedroom house, and uh, his dad and mom were there for a while as well, uh, and he really helped build that church to a self sufficient uh, community that was able to able to sustain itself and not be a mission church any longer. Well, I'm going to suggest that uh, we're entering a new golden age for uh, Divine Redeemer Presbyterian Church. If you just joined us, we're talking to Pastor Rob Mueller, pastor of Divine Redeemer Presbyterian, our KSLR Church of the Week. And you can find them on that thing called the Internet, which they didn't have 100 years ago, (laughs) at uh, DivineRedeemerSA.org. And, uh, Pastor, you can tell us where you're located. Yeah, we're just west of downtown, about two miles west of downtown and just a little bit north of Commerce Street. Very good. And if you'd like to call the church, what's a good number, Pastor? It's 433-9551. Do you pick up the phone uh, uh, once no, in a while? No, our office manager, <laughs> no. Joe Nell, usually gets the phone. And she's good. All right, so let me tell you how we're here. Okay. I called her and uh, because I got a press release. Let me pull it out right here. Yep. This is it right here. And uh, it was from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, from an organization called Partners for Sacred Places. Mm-hmm. And they reached out, and it says here, but they let me know that Divine Redeemer Presbyterian Church, well, they've fallen into some favor here. 
Uh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Just, just tell me what happened. So uh, a few years ago, we went through a training program with Partners for Sacred Places. Um, they are an organization that helps congregations, especially uh, older congregations, find new partners um, to do ministry with so that they can sustain their work, so that they can continue their ministry, even when, in many cases, the congregations themselves are in decline. That's not our case. Mm-hmm. We are a congregation that, uh, that has been vital and active uh, for uh, 100 years now, and it's, we're not a huge church. We're about a 150-member church, mm-hmm. but, but the building that we're in has been used so substantially that, uh, that it's really in need of some upgrades. And so partners reached out to us, uh, having gotten to know us through the training that we went through with them, and said, we have an unprecedented opportunity. The Lilly Foundation is giving $10 million to create a new fund to help preserve sacred places in this country. Wow. And we are inviting a select number of congregations to apply uh, for the possibility of a grant to help you uh, to help you preserve your place. And uh, and we were, thanks be to God, selected to be one of those first wow. churches. And so we've got the opportunity to apply for a grant for uh, up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars, but we have to match that two dollars for every dollar they give. So ah. we got to raise a half a million to get two hundred fifty thousand. But we're up to the task, I think, and right. we're we're excited about the opportunity. That's a lot of barbecue and tamales. It is a lot of barbecue and tamales. That's for <laughs> sure. Yeah, it's well, also what? a lot of talking to people and inviting yeah. them to uh, come back to a place that's meant a lot to them and been important in their lives and helped transform their families and their futures uh, and to help us be able to do that for the next hundred years. If they give, is it tax deductible? Absolutely tax deductible. Well, then there might be somebody listening right now that there sees might. the ministry that's going on on the west side of San Antonio and what you're doing there, Pastor Rob, uh, and uh, and can respond. So what? how should they respond? Just go to your website? They or? certainly can go to the website. There's a donate button there. But if they would like to speak with me, or uh, they can call the church or they can call my personal number, um, 210-378-0627. I'd be happy to respond to them. Wow. Well, here's a number for the church again. It's 210-433-9551. Or again, the website is divineredeemersa.org. And if the Lord... Leads you to bless somebody at the end of the year with some end of the year giving. What a great, great thing to do! But is is the um, is the Sacred Places place? Is it a, is it a Presbyterian organization or is it anybody? No, actually, Sacred Places is a non-sectarian organization yeah. out of Philadelphia that um, has helped all manner of congregations, both uh, Christians and Jews, um, to be able to um, preserve the sanctuaries, the beautiful places of worship that they have inherited, but that are now uh, difficult for them to sustain and to manage. Well, it's a beautiful thing. I'm so so very, very happy and and excited for you and what the Lord's doing on the West Side for sure. Thanks very much. So uh, San Antonio, how did from Tucson to to San Antonio? (laughs) That's a great question. So I came to college here. I went to Trinity Ah, University. And uh, as a sociology major, I got to know the West Side of San Antonio. um, And uh, former councilwoman Patty Radel was uh, one of the first people I got to know in the West Side and introduced me there. They actually invited me and the other students in my class to spend a night in the uh, public housing units uh, that were part of the West Side, and only two of us took them up on that uh, on that offer. But it was one of those transforming experiences for me. Uh, I discovered in the West Side of San Antonio some of the same realities that I had seen down in Central America, mm. and and my heart was moved um, to want to come back and to be able to serve that community, and so. 
few years in seminary in Richmond, Virginia, and then mm-hmm. back to San Antonio to start work in 1986. Uh, wow. So I've been working in the West Side for over 30 years now. Congratulations again. Thank you for your service. It's almost like the military here. That's a, <laughs> that's a real thing. I've got to buy your lunch now. <laughs> you don't need to buy my lunch. That's right. fine. <laughs> well, we just missed lunch as we're recording this that's here. Right. But that's okay. I'm going to hook you up anyway, just okay. the same. Uh, well, then, do you remember that first Sunday? Um, well, so I attended Divine Redeemer for a few years as I worked in an ecumenical right. uh, ministry on the West Side. And then uh, in 1994, the church um, invited me to, to be their pastor. And so uh, they elected me as pastor wow. in 1994, and I've been serving there ever since. So, so now do you remember that first ser- sermon? Um, I don't know that I could say yeah. I remember exactly the first sermon. I mean, I, I preached there actually a number of first sermons before I was the pastor at the I church. Gotcha. So I don't have a particular memory of one sermon. That's fine. That's yeah. fine. But uh, as far as the the uh, the transition and uh, and the the foundation though being laid there too, yeah. you know, I, I, I'm gonna go back there to your hundredth anniversary. I, yeah. I want to know as we're kind of documenting this time thing. Sure. Did, you, did you do a time capsule to, to, for the next hundred years? Well, I think in some ways this little history book that we did is yeah, uh, that's cool. Is a time capsule. We feel really really grateful about it. It's an, an opportunity for us to identify some of the particular individuals who had an impact on the life of this congregation over the many years. Um, Folks who, one of the things that's really marked our congregation is a deep and profound and enduring commitment to the neighborhood around us. Mm -hmm. Um, There are a lot of churches that get started in, uh, in some neighborhoods, and then as the neighborhood changes, as the church changes, uh, the capacity to stay connected to that neighborhood really falls apart. Mm. And our congregation uh, has, shortly into my ministry there, we had a moment where another church a little further north uh, offered to merge with us and uh, to move north into the Woodlawn area. And uh, as a membership, we looked at that and we just said, you know, God has put us here for a reason. Yeah. Um, we have a calling in this place. There is so much that still needs to be done and will always need to be done in this neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, as a working poor neighborhood, one of the poorest census, uh, one of the poorest zip codes in the state, mm-hmm. um, one of the most uh, distraught in terms of a lot of statistics like delinquency and teen pregnancy mm-hmm. and poverty and education and all those things. Um, and we felt like God ha- has a calling for us to fulfill there, and it's a calling that was, uh, that was heard early on by the early missionaries who served there and that has continued to be a deeply embedded part of our DNA. Mm. Um, our mission uh, invites us to love, serve, share, and grow the kingdom of God in our lives and our neighborhood so that the love and justice of God can be made manifest and visible to, uh, to all people. And so we want to feel that transforming power of God, um, not just in our spiritual lives, but mm-hmm. in the physical and material lives of the people in this community. So, All right, well, let's talk turkey then. All right, let's talk turkey. Uh, Thanksgiving just ended. It's actually this past week as we're airing this program there uh-huh. too. But so what, does the, what do you guys do when you reach out? What does Divine Redeemer Presbyterian do? Uh, Christmas is coming up, of course. Yeah, there's a few really wonderful things that we do uh, throughout the year with our community um, because we really, care, we really hold the community as part of our congregation, even if they're not members per se right. in the church. And so... Uh, we do a Thanksgiving blessing uh, every the week before Thanksgiving, usually the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. And that now uh, brings about 400 people wow. together um, to share a meal that's cooked by folks in our congregation, that's served by ourselves and other partner churches who come to help us, and that has everybody at table together from mm. psychiatrists and psychologists and teachers and principals 
to the homeless guys who uh, who are on the street uh, right around our neighborhood to the neighbors around us mm-hmm. uh, who um, who live on the alley it's we all sit down at table together and it's a wonderful image for me of what the the reign of God the kingdom of God is about it's uh, it's about not letting those differences get in the way, but allowing us to find our common ground in the love that we have for God and our gratitude that we have to God for loving us so much. Great things happening in the west side of San Antonio, Divine Redeemer Presbyterian Church. It's our KSLR Church of the Week. We're here visiting with Pastor Rob Mueller. You can learn more about the church at divineredeemersa.org. And if you'd like to reach out and call the church, the number is 210-433-9551. And it's located on 407 North Calaveras, 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 Calaveras Road there. And, and again, let's, let's give me some uh, landmarks there. Right Look near for. the corner of Sarsamora and Commerce Street. Now so there's a there's an H-E-B store right there on Calaveras and Commerce. And if you literally turn through the H-E-B parking lot and uh, come out the other side a couple blocks, you'll be at our church. There you go. <laughs> Very nice. Walking distance to get some some donuts or, or yep. I guess. So in between the uh, the the the, uh, the 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 Spanish service. That starts at 9.30. Uh-huh. And the 11 o'clock service, mm-hmm. you have a little, uh, I guess, a little breaking of the bread in between? Yeah. We had different groups in the church. Sometimes it's the men's group. Sometimes it's one of the small groups in the church. Uh, sometimes it's the, uh, we have a little group called Small Steps. We have another group that uh, of Spanish-speaking folks who uh, will do this, the breakfast. And we have a little time for people to fellowship, break bread, enjoy hanging out with each other, have a cup of coffee, a piece of pan dulce. There you go. And just, uh, and just relax and spend a little time fellowshipping with each other in between services. It's one of the ways we try to keep contact between the bilingual folks in that congregation and the Spanish language folks. So you have bacon and egg, tacos, and barbacoa. Uh, it depends <laughs> on who's making breakfast that morning. Right. Sometimes we have waffles, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. I love it. I love it when the Lord provides waffles. That's, that's right. Waffles are good. That's God's will right there. <laughs> Maybe you can have barbacoa on your waffle if you want. Yeah. Nice. You know what? The whole chicken and waffle thing going, why not? Start a new thing. Who are you, Pastor? What do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? I, there's a lot of things that I do for fun. I love to garden. I've got a motorcycle that I enjoy riding. Yeah. Uh, I hunt. I fish. Um, I dance. I love to dance to just about anything. Now, hold on a second. Yep. You're leaving out something there. I know you're a singer, too. Uh, yeah, I do like to sing. All That's right. right. Yeah, we have a little contemporary band that started out being called Los Holy Boys as kind of a play on <laughs> Los Lonely, Lonely Boys. Boys. Yeah. Uh, but now, do that now, song? But now, How far is heaven? Do you no, do that one? No, we, did, we haven't done that Try one, that actually. One. But we, we do some Manas stuff. We've turned some Manas songs into, uh, into some Christian lyrics, oh, which have great. been kind of fun. But, uh, but now we've got a co-ed group, and so we can't be Los Holy Boys anymore, so we call gotcha. ourselves the Holy Gente. So. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Holy peoples. That rock. Rock climbing, it says on your website? Yeah, I, that's not something I'm doing as much of. You know, when you get to be uh, yeah. 57 years old, oh, what happened? the what bones happened? don't like I to know. do that so much. But, uh, but I do do yoga as a way of uh, keeping Just my relaxing. body into a nice, uh, in, in, into a more fit state. So, well, Very good. Now, we were talking about this earlier, uh, but mission work is a big part of your history. Yeah, sure is. And even leaving our country yeah. to go do that. Can I talk about what, what, uh, what you started? Yeah, well, my, you know, my experience in Nicaragua was, uh, was wonderful, and I had a love. I went back to Central America after that and visited a number of the other nations, uh, Costa Rica, Salvador, and Guatemala. And, uh, and at one point uh, in that journey, uh, our congregation hosted a young man from Guatemala who worked with us for a year. And then he invited us to come down, and in that relationship with him, we got put in touch with an organization called SESMAC, which was uh, uh, part of the – it was kind of the community development branch of the National Presbyterian 
church mm -hmm. uh, and its presbytery, the Maya Kiche Presbytery there. And uh, together with three or four other congregations, we launched a partnership um, with, that, with that particular organism within their presbytery that served the poorest of the poor in the, in the Mayan indigenous communities of the Quiche community. And uh, we spent uh, probably 15 years working with them, uh, creating family gardens for people, helping uh, coffee farmers learn how to uh, farm their coffee in a way that was more productive, um, cool. learning uh, what the realities of day-to-day -day life were for the people in, uh, in the Mayan villages. Uh, very, very transforming experiences uh, mm -hmm. for me and for the people who, uh, who went with us down there. You would recommend mission work? Oh, unquestionably. In fact, I've always seen that mission work, um, mission work in, in external to the United States is a way for us to become excited about the potential um, to make a difference in our world um, for Christ mm -hmm. and to really transform people's lives. But my hope and my prayer is that our mission work in the exterior will help open our eyes to the kinds of work that needs to be done here locally as well so that we mm -hmm. don't just get excited about spending a week in Guatemala and feeling like we've done our deal, uh, but that we come back and we go, wow, there's some Guatemala-like conditions uh, that need to be addressed right in our backyard here on Westside San Antonio, and uh, we can dig in here and make a difference too. If someone wanted to volunteer to... <laughs> Hang out with you and, and minister on the west yeah. side. Can they do that? Absolutely. You know, our if there's another church that's listening, yeah. can they come and partner with you to do something? Absolutely. We we love partnership. In fact, we could not be who we are if we weren't in partnership. Uh, we yeah. have we have a almost hundred year partnership with the House of Neighborly Service Community Center uh, that we have shared our facility with since 1929. Yeah. They do parent education. They do emergency food. Um, they provide services for senior citizens in our community. Um, and, uh, and then our church picks up. They also have a daycare center uh, for uh, kids, especially children at risk of abuse mm. um, in one form or another. But our congregation has picked up the ball and provided after-school programming for uh, elementary, junior, and senior high kids. And so between House of Neighborly and ourselves, we can walk with a family and their children from basically infancy all the way up through graduation uh, and into college. Uh, our after-school program, which we call MEO, Multi-Level Educational Youth Outreach, yeah. MEO, um, is able to uh, walk with kids all the way through first grade through 12th grade. And then we have a partnership with College Vista, which helps these kids fill out their college applications, awesome. figure out how to do a FAFSA, figure out what financial aid looks like, um, seek scholarships. And we've got in a neighborhood where only 45% of adults have finished high school, uh, we've got a 100% graduation rate for all the kids that um, have been a part of our program. So we feel like we're making a significant difference. You think? Yeah. <laughs> um, but we are always in need of tutors. We are always in need of uh, folks who can help us with food because mm -hmm. a lot of these kids come and the meal we give them uh, in their after-school program is the meal they get that day. And so, uh, you know, we're in need of financial partners as well as hands-on uh, hands-on hands partners. Having mentors available to Absolutely. help out with the single mom situation, Absolutely. with the marriages, Absolutely. with the youth, et cetera. If Absolutely. you've got a calling for that, I, I don't think... Uh, my friend here, Pastor Rob Mueller, would mind uh, getting a call from you. What, 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 again, is your number that you'd like to give out? Uh, my personal number is 210-378-0627. You can call me at that or at the church, 
833-933-9551. And we would love to partner with you. And again on the web at divineredeemersa.org. Pastors, we're wrapping up. Uh, do you know what you're talking about this week? Uh, this week in church? Any week. Oh. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta, I guess as we're recording this, you, you've been doing a series on, on Advent here. We're beginning the season there, too. And you know what? That's not something that people talk about in church much anymore. Well, you know, it's interesting. The Advent season is, a, is an important season for me. It's an important season in the life of, uh, of our particular tradition because it teaches us, uh, it teaches us to learn how to wait. Mm-hmm. It teaches us to learn how to wait on, in, in the midst of circumstances that we might not want to be waiting in. Mm. And those experiences of waiting require of us different things. It requires of us to relinquish control and to let God take over. It requires us to let go of our own expectations and demands. It requires us to dig a little deeper in our faith uh, than we have before. And so Advent for me is always a wonderful time to dig into those difficult situations in our lives that we have to uh, try and find some resources that we didn't know we had available to us. Pastor, would you uh, take a minute and invite our listeners to come to Divine, Pres- Divine Redeemer Presbyterian? You bet. Uh, <laughs> we would love to have you at Divine Redeemer Presbyterian Church if you're looking for a church home, especially a church home that is uh, eager to serve the community around it. Uh, our church believes that mission is at the heart of the gospel, and serving others is the core of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. So uh, come and join us uh, some Sunday at 9.30 in Spanish or at 11 o'clock in English and Spanish. Very nice. Amen and amen here. Thank you, Pastor Rob Mueller, for being a guest on our program. Congratulations on the 100 years. Thanks. Congratulations on the uh, Sacred Places opportunity here with some restoration and rebuilding and a new, just a new season. God willing, we're excited about it. And thanks, Baron, so much for inviting us to be a part of this. We are really grateful to be here. Well, our honor. Get on the web at Divine Redeemer S. A.org, and again at 407 North Calaveras, and here in San Antonio, and the deep in the heart of uh, the west side of San Antonio at 78207. If you enjoyed what you heard, uh, you can hear Pastor Rob's devotionals all over again on demand and this interview at kslr.com on our Church of the Week page. Just find that Church of the Week link, and uh, you'll be all set up. Again, thank you, Pastor Rob. You're welcome. Thank you, Baron. I'm Baron Wiley, and thank you for listening to AM630 KSLR. Thank you for joining us today as we featured the AM630 KSLR Church of the Week. We hope that during this past half hour, you got a chance to know the pastor and learn something about their church. We encourage you to get involved in your local community church. If you'd like to nominate your pastor to be featured on an upcoming Church of the Week program, submit your nominations at kslr.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.